Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Foot Traffic. Today, I get to interview Kathy Heller. This was, oh my goodness, I'm just gonna tell you a little backstory. So first of all, this was one of my most favorite interviews ever. I am obsessed with Kathy Heller. And after we wrapped up the recording, I actually had to go to the dentist. I had my teeth cleaning (laughs) scheduled. And, you know, sometimes when we jump off of an interview and I hit the stop recording button, sometimes people are like, got to go see you later. And they're out like as fast as possible. And sometimes people just want to chat. And when you're having a great conversation, I want to kind of keep that conversation going. So Kathy and I just had the best little after chat of, of our podcast. And I'm looking at the clock, you know, how type I type a, I am. And I'm looking at the clock thinking like, all right, I have to leave for the dentist in two minutes. Okay. Then like the countdown was like, okay, no, really like one minute. Okay. I've got to tell her I've got to go. And then it was like a couple of minutes later. It's like, okay, I'm officially going to be late to the dentist. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. <laughs> this is like so good. She was so amazing. I was 10 minutes late to the dentist and I just walked in. I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Got in. I'm back home. I wanted to record this intro for you. But here's the thing. If you don't know who Kathy Heller is, you're going to want to get to know who she is. She hosts the podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job, which has over 20 million downloads. If you don't know the podcasting world or you don't know statistics or numbers, First of all, the typical podcast on iTunes gets about, I think they say like 50% of iTunes podcasts get 176 downloads like an episode. Like that's how few people are listening to some of these episodes. And the fact that she has 20 million downloads, she's had people like Matthew McConaughey, um, Jenna Fisher, uh, just the most amazing guests on her show. And the fact that she has given us her time and was here to share with us, I am just so honored to be able to do this interview. So I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. You will hear I'm a lot more quiet in this interview than I normally am. She was just so good. There was never a time I even wanted to cut her off or a time that I felt like I had something to say that, you know, I wanted to throw in. I wanted just to let you hear the brilliance that she brings. So again, enjoy this episode. Make sure to tag me and Kathy on Instagram, um, on social media. Give us your biggest takeaway. What did you get from this podcast? I'm dying to hear. All right. Enjoy. Growing your business doesn't have to be difficult. It's all about mastering a few key techniques, systems, and mindset. Welcome to Foot Traffic. With over a million downloads, it's the go-to marketing podcast dedicated to helping you grow your small business. I'm your host, Stacey Tushel. I've been an entrepreneur for over 15 years, and I own multiple seven-figure businesses. Together, you and I are going to get you more customers in the door, more profit in your pocket, and more happiness in your home. Let's transform your business starting right now. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Foot Traffic. I am so excited to have Kathy Heller on the show today. Um, Kathy has a very popular podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job. And Kathy, I just want to say you intrigue me so much. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you a little backstory that you probably don't know. I don't think I shared with you. But you, my team pitched me to come on your podcast. At the time that they did that, I did not know. I had not heard of your podcast before and I didn't know you. And I jumped on and we had an amazing conversation and I liked you. I'm like, ooh, this, this was good. I remember saying like, you're a great interviewer. Well, little did I know that you have the craziest, most engaged, most loving audience ever. And I'm talking daily. We get people to say, oh, I found you from Kathy Heller. I mean, you have by far like, like the most loyal following that you just said, okay, come listen. And they did. And then 
they just eat up everything you say. And I am intrigued by that. And I want to kind of dive into how have you built this and what, it, what does this look like for you? So it's so funny. I was on your podcast maybe six months ago and every single week, my team says somebody joins our Facebook group or DMs us on Instagram and says, oh, I heard you from Kathy Heller. That's crazy. Like That's crazy. And it means so much to me because I really not, I mean, it's so obvious you're really, really brilliant. And so to hear you, who's been able to sort of like be where you are, look at everything that works, that doesn't work. And for you to marvel at that, I'm like, wow, that must be something. And it means so much to me. And I love that people found you through the show because you were so generous. You, it was jam packed with delicious wisdom. And yes, I love talking about that, by the way, like, how do we build not just an audience, but like super fans? Oh how do they we do are. that? They are, I guess yeah. they are. Yes. They good. are. <laughs> so tell us, tell us for people that don't know you at all. Tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. When did it start? What has this looked like for you? Like, where are you today? Where am I today is, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I mean, we just did a $3.2 million launch of my program. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it's crazy. Like it's literally crazy. I know and it really is. Some people may hear that number and think, oh, I don't believe her. But trust me, you guys, when I'm telling you, I go on a <laughs> podcast for 45 minutes and I can't stop hearing Kathy Heller's name. I believe that these people are buying up anything you're putting out there. Thank you. Yeah, it was that that was it's been an amazing thing to see. So we launched the program. That's my signature program, which we've done. This is the fourth time we're doing it. It's called Made to Do This, where we help people really crystallize what the heck was I put here to do? Mm -hmm. So don't keep your day job. This podcast is really sort of, I feel it's a calling. I feel mm -hmm. I really want people to like waking up every day. Um, when I was growing up, my parents were really unhappy. My parents wound up getting divorced. My mom has still to this day been struggling with depression. Mm -hmm. And I was a seeker and I wanted to know like, why bother being an adult? If you're just going to be so unhappy, you're not going to like your job. You're not going to like your spouse. And I think I became more of a finder. And I found that the opposite of depression is not happiness. It's purpose. It's meaning, right? A lot of times happiness is associated with a result. You know, when I get this, I'll be happy. When I get this, I'll be happy. So I don't know that happiness is a place where we can be every single second, 24 seven, but joy and meaning are different. They're not attached to results. It's about a, a state of being. Mm -hmm. And I think the work that you and I do gives us a sense of meaning. It, it, it's such a fun problem to solve. Like, how can I help these other people with their journey? How can, right? It feels so good. Yeah. So I'm here now. And where I was before was I came out to LA when I was 24, wanting to be a songwriter. And I think for a lot of people, and this is why I started my podcast, I think they think it's like Beyonce or bust. Either I'm going to be famous or I will go work at that office job that I hate. And I think it's because we will reach for the highest branch that we can see. And as most kids grow up, they see like a firefighter and they see their mom's friend who works at an ad agency. And there's maybe like six interesting choices and there's so much more available, right? Like in the field of what's possible, go onto Instagram. If I gave you the assignment to go find me 10 people in the next five minutes who are doing fun things and making a living, you're going to say, this girl does hand lettering. This one is bread baking. This one started a pie food truck. And you're going to say, oh my God, I guess I can do so many things I like. So I came out to LA wanting to be a rock star. And 
I wrote mediocre songs and then I had day jobs and then the songs got better and I got signed to Interscope, which was like not as easy as saying those sentences. Like it was hard, right? (laughs) Right. And I got signed and then I got dropped from the record label and Ron Fair, who was my producer at the time called me and he was like, that's it. Like Jimmy Iovine doesn't see this going anywhere. And I'm like, oh, this is the moment where everyone says, see, we were right. Like you, you don't get to opt out of being miserable as an adult, like stop dreaming, you know, be an adult, be realistic, all these things. Right. And I went back to my day job and I was miserable until I said, what if I asked a new question, which is, is there anything between rock star and I do something I don't like every day and feel like I don't even recognize myself in the mirror? And I started to ask that question and I was led to people licensing their music to Grey's Anatomy and and Coca-Cola commercials. And I was like, what if I did that? And that's what I did. So for 10 years, I started writing music for all the TV shows, Pretty Little Liars, Grey's Anatomy, Target, um, Walmart, co-commercials. And I started making a few hundred grants every single year consistently. And um, I was in Billboard magazine and variety and not just like a blurb, like a full page feature on like this girl is doing it on her own. And here's what's interesting. So when those articles came out, I thought, maybe the record label is going to want me back now. Cause like I have a full page feature as this DIY girl who's like on all these shows. No, (laughs) but what did happen, which is really interesting is people read those articles and said, could you teach me how to do that? How did you license music to film and TV? And I was like, no, I was so precious about my artist ego. I'm like, I can't teach you. I don't teach. Right. 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 Woody Allen always says like those who can't do teach and those who can't teach, teach gym. So I was like, I don't want to be a teacher. Like I write music. I'm cool. And it happened again and again and again until finally my husband's like, maybe this is an and not an or why can't you also teach this if it's an opportunity if, and I realized again, if my job is to find a sense of purpose, why would I say no to something that would give something to someone else? And so long story short, I was, it was four years, four and a half years ago. I was pregnant with my third daughter. She's now four and a half. And an artist said to me for the 400th time, would you please teach this? And she said, I live in San Luis Obispo. Could you ever teach it online? And I was like, now, now you don't just want me to teach. You want me to teach an (laughs) online course, which seemed like the guy in front of the jet who thinks he's so cool. It was like, it sounded gross to me. I was like, I write music at Disney soundtracks. Like I'm, I wound up doing my first webinar and it was just me to camera. I didn't know a, a single thing about slideshows. And at the end I said, I'm doing this program called six figure songwriting. I'm going to teach you everything I know. And Stacey that night I made $147,000 getting my class off the ground. And I was like, whoa, that's insane. And so long story short, three months later, a girl in my class, Amy Loftus, she was like, you should start a podcast because 85% of what you're teaching has nothing to do with music. It's about helping a person who has a dream, get resourceful, reverse engineer things, start figuring out who is your customer? What do they need? Which was all the things I learned of why the music worked. Cause I wasn't just sending, sending, sending. I was asking, 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 what story are you telling? What song do you need? Like it's always, always the same steps for any business validate proof of concept, all the things make relationships, you know, all that. So I started this podcast called don't keep your day job. Next thing I know, Apple features it. We're now at 20, over 20 million downloads of a show that I started in my closet. I didn't have an email list. I didn't know what a funnel was. And so from the podcast, we then launched the class. I think I was 
I think like my actual calling is teaching me to do this, which I never would have done had I never right. done all those other things. And so that's the complete arc. And it's just, it, it's such a crazy journey. And then when I, I'm, I'm now I follow you and stuff. Like now I know who Kathy Heller is, trust me. And I'm following you and I'm like, I'm sorry, is Matthew McConaughey on her podcast? Like what is happening here? Like you have some crazy guests, crazy guests on your show. And it's because like, when you have that kind of platform and you have, like, like you said, these super fans, right? People are excited to share that platform. They're excited to jump on that. So what an amazing, amazing thing. Now let's dive into the day one success. Cause that, I, that could scare people a little bit. Why was it so successful on day one? Did you have a following at the time? Did you run at like, what did that look like? No, I didn't run ads. I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. Well, two things. First of all, Apple, right, is the the number one place where people still are listening to podcasts is Apple. I'm not sure where Spotify is going to wind up in all this, but yeah. Apple it makes up a lot of listeners. And if you really look at Apple's ideology, it is about people making things with their own hands. Like here's an Apple product, make your own music. Here's an Apple product, write your own script. So this idea of don't keep your day job I got really good advice from a friend and he said, when you make the artwork really show without telling, show what the, what the podcast is about. And so all the icons on, we made this, like it's, it's a flat lay, but you see like a rolling pin and a yard, like a a spool of yarn and a a keyboard and a, a typewriter. And you get this feeling, don't keep your day job. Oh, do what you love. And so I think it was about, and I say this to people, by the way, when it comes to wanting to get featured on Apple in general, it's like, it's always radical, radical empathy, always. And so without even knowing it, I actually was doing that for Apple, but I did think about it a little bit. I actually did. Cause a friend yeah. of mine said, what would Apple get behind? What, what's there? Where are they trying to point everyone to? And I think that was part of it. The other thing I, I do think is that we often think that the way to get where we want to be is like, what am I going to do? And what has to get done? And I think the question is, who do I need to be? Like, what if the door to the mystical, what if the way to unlock the hardest locks that ever could be cracked open is to drop in and just be in that vibration? Like I think about my friend, Sherry Salata, who was executive producer of Oprah, who before she was executive producer of Oprah, she was a manager at 7-Eleven. And Jamie Kern Lima, who's a good friend of mine, like she's a billionaire now, like helping women to feel good in their bodies. And she was a Denny's waitress. But what's the shift? It's like, maybe you think about it, like Jesus didn't have credentials. There was no PhD next to his name. He just was. I think if you look at what actually makes things move, so much of it is the way we show up. And so it is. And when I started that podcast, I wasn't worried about what's the ROI, who's going to listen. It was like, I'm doing this. And I would, I would, nothing I've ever done, even with songwriting, people are like, you think you're going to make it as a songwriter? You think you're going to, you think you're going to be in billboard? You think you're going to, and I would just be like, I don't say I'm trying to do this. I am doing this. Mm. Like I am doing this. And so it is. And then I just all in. And I do think words from the heart speak to the heart. And when I did that podcast, similar to how I do everything I do now, nothing is artificial. 
I can't do that. It doesn't feel right to me. That's not sustainable to me. And I think that words from the heart enter the heart. I think people are smart. And I think that there is a place for showing up. And oh my God, if it's what is meant to be in your life, it's as easy as like picking up this cup that's sitting in front of me. Just go Mm. all into it. Yeah. I love that so much. Like this is, we could literally pause right now and be done. And people could have had so many takeaways. And what I love about that is even the strategy behind you're saying like that cover photo of iTunes, like you're not just saying like, well, I tried this and it worked really well and I didn't even mean to, and I just happened. No, you're saying I came in with the intention of this is going to be great. I am going to do this. And that has really changed the way that yeah. The trajectory of your business. So it's just incredible, like hearing you. And I, I've had the pleasure of being on like a private mastermind call with you where I've heard you say like, I'm not really strategic guys. And I'm like, how does somebody with this many million downloads and this $3.2 million launch say, I'm not really strategic. Like that blows my mind, but I think you're strategic in your own way. You might not yeah. be the technical, right? Like that might be more of the word you're looking for because there is so much thoughtfulness and intention behind what you're doing, but it's genuine. Thank you. Yeah. I think I'm strategic. I thank you. I think I'm strategic in as far as what I really know to be true is that it's all about intimacy. Like intimacy is currency. And the way to have that intimacy is like really show up, be present, lean in, let go of shame, there's an energetic. I just had Priyanka Chopra on my show yesterday and I was talking to her and I was like, it's your, it's how much you're in your skin. Like that's it. And she said, it is it. She said, you're right. She said, when I won Miss India, I was 17. And I asked the question, why, why did you choose me? There were so many women on this stage and they said, there's something about the way you talk there's a confidence. And she said, and I'm not always confident, but I am, I'm in the room. I'm embodied. I've done so much work. I spent two years at UCLA Mindful Awareness Research Center, learning a lot about meditation. I've, I've studied Joe Dispenza's work. I was just at his advanced retreat for a week. And I've learned so much about how we, like our creative center is in an open-hearted vibration. That's why you can watch. I know you're a dancer. So you think you can dance and no one's saying a word. And four seconds in, you just start bawling. No air. Remember that? Yeah. Open hearted vibration. Yeah. Dr. King's speech. I have a dream. He didn't even plan to say that one sentence. It wasn't even on the page. What is it? What happens when someone says something so courageous as I have a dream? How vulnerable is that? Like, Routine lulls the brain to sleep. And most of the time we want to have a new experience, but we are reliving the same thought, which creates the same feeling. And from the same thought and the same feeling, we do the same thing and nothing new happens. And it's because we can't walk into the future, living the past over and over again, over and over again. And so the door to the future is the courage to step into the unknown by opening your heart and trusting that if it's really genuine, the right people are going to be right there waiting and saying, like Bob Goff was on my show and he's like, it's amazing what happens when you raise your hand and say, I'm available, but like all in. Mm -hmm. And it stops being about like, I need the perfect diva light ring. I need the perfect funnel. 
no, no, no. How about this thing called like my life force is sitting here in with you in this moment, Mm -hmm. making space for you. And you can feel that. And people go, I don't know what it is about that person. It's like, it's called empathy. It's called empathy also for myself. Like I don't look like the perfect girl. I don't have the perfect life. I, I never, in fact, I'm very careful not to ever project that. Like if it's Mm. a anniversary and I want to post a photo of my husband, I'll be like, this is a photo of two people who work very hard to stay together. This is a photo of people who've gone through, not divorce, God forbid, but like therapy and so much. Right. And then, and then there's so much reward too, for that struggle. And it keeps Mm -hmm. going. Like we keep meeting our resistance and meeting our stuff. I think people appreciate it because the number one thing I feel people are looking for when they're scrolling, when they're listening, when they want something to ingest is I don't want to feel alone. And we all feel so alone and there's no reason to. So I think a lot of people, you know, also, I think people like you and I, what I think successful people have in common is we're action takers. Mm -hmm. To be an action taker, you have to be willing to tolerate being uncomfortable and iterating and like making mediocre things. I told you, I said, I wrote songs and they were mediocre and then they got a little better. And then I got a record deal and then I got dropped and then I found something else. And it's, we're so unwilling to be in a creative process. We don't allow ourselves to be messy. So then we don't make anything. Mm-hmm. And people don't even require you to be perfect. They really just want like, God, can you, be-? people will say this to me. I listen to your show. I can't believe what you said. And I'm like, you've heard that a million right. times. But when you say something true, it doesn't have to be new. They need to, how many times can you hear your you are enough. You are a masterpiece, a piece of the master. God put you in this. How many times could you hear the things you actually need to hear? Never enough, right? right? Rinsing and repeating is by far one of the biggest things I tell my clients. Like you have to hear it over and over because you're in a different place today than you were six months ago, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you weren't ready to receive that information. You didn't think it pertained to you. You kind of close things off. So listening to something over and over, reading the same book over and over when you're in a different place hits you differently. Now, as somebody is listening, I mean, I can feel your confidence in your purpose, your passion, your vision. (laughs) I can feel that through Zoom right now. Somebody listening might be not feeling that confident with themselves, right? They might be already successful and then wondering, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? So when you're talking about finding that clarity and getting really crystal clear, how, what, like, what can people do to start to lean into that a little bit more and, and start to do that gut check? Is is this really for them? Yeah, I think it's like the question. And in some ways, I don't even think it needs to be answered and I'll explain. I think there are a few things that make up what is probably leading us into the river Mm -hmm. that will wind and wind and wind, which is our journey, right? Like, do we all still wear the same clothes or listen to the same music that was for sure what we wanted to wear and listen to when we were 19 or 12? No, because we've evolved. So that is a river that will keep winding, right? You mentioned Matthew McConaughey. He said to me, you know what, Kath? I don't even want to act anymore. I want to stop playing myself. I want to be myself, 
great. So now what's aligned for him is writing books. He's teaching at a college. He's meeting people directly. There's no, he doesn't want to have a barrier in between him and like a red carpet. Okay. That's good. So it changes. What doesn't change though, is you feeling in center. Like this is what feels like it's lighting me up. I'm so enthusiastic about this right now. And I believe it can make a difference for someone else. And you just keep looking like the game hot and cold. What are the clues, hotter, colder? This, this is something I know someone else needs right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited about giving it. We are built to serve, right? We are built to serve and we are built to step in to our potential, which is significance. Mm-hmm. Our potential is about being significant because we are helping complete the puzzle. I often say to my kids, cause I have three daughters and we love puzzles. And often there's like a piece, very often there's a piece missing at the end. Cause they don't put things away correctly <laughs> or whatever. And I always say, doesn't it feel like it's more than one missing piece when there's a missing piece, it doesn't feel complete. Each one of us, right? DNA, mm-hmm. your DNA, it's never going to be replicated. Like you have a different fingerprint, which is all the confirmation you need that you make a different imprint and you know it. And that's what keeps you awake at night. So it's about saying instead of the overwhelm, but is it my thing? Is it my, how about let, let that go. And it's like pulling out a sweater. When you start to just unravel, the entire thing will come from that one step forward. Every person who Howard Schultz was on my podcast, he created Starbucks that came from a trip he took out of the country to Italy, seeing people sipping espresso. He's like, what if I had one little kiosk where people came to get coffee? Cause that didn't exist. You could get bacon and eggs and coffee at a restaurant, but there was not yet like a, just go get a little cup of coffee. So we don't know, but we can know what we know now. And we can be sure that when we walk into that, we will be led exactly where we need to be. And so much of this is that we want certainty. So we don't want to step into the great unknown, but everything awesome is in the unknown. Why? Mm -hmm. Because if it's already known, that's the past. You've experienced all that. We have such an upper limit on like, this is all that there is for me. How do you even know until you start trying stuff? Clarity comes from action. We all know that. So it's like, start to taste the different flavors at Baskin Robbins and you've never even tasted rum raisin. Maybe that's the one you like. How could you make the decision before you've tried things? So I say to people, make a list. Like what feels like it's lighting you up? Make a list. What breaks your heart? Make a list. What are the things that people come to you for? Is it I always come to you when I need a good restaurant recommendation. I always come to you when I need someone to help get me dressed for a date. Then look at all the lists and say, where are their patterns here? And then what I say to people, which I get so geek, I geek out on, and you know, this stuff is like, gosh, I see it as there's five ways to make a living doing what you love. You could be a maker, right? You write the song, you write the screenplay, you make the candles. You could be a teacher. You can teach people how to write songs. You could teach people how to make candles. Amazing. Online courses, workshops. You could be a curator. You could create a membership of people who are obsessed with candle making and obsessed with songwriting, and they'll pay to be part of that community. You could be a content creator who's now making podcasts just about dogs and your relationship with your dog and all kinds of breeds of dogs. And like from there, you would affiliate to different dog trainers. Like there's that. And then there's service-based businesses where maybe you are the dog trainer, or Mm -hmm. maybe you are, you know, whatever, organizing someone's closet. Those are the five paths. And 
which one feels the easiest, which one feels the most like, oh my God, I, I feel like I know someone already who actually wants to buy my granola. Go all in because there is no better therapy than building a business because you will meet all your stuff. You'll yeah. meet all your edges. And if you go all in with one thing, I mean, I started songwriting for film and TV, st- teaching a songwriting class, podcast. We, you know what it is, Stacey? We want magic so bad. Mm-hmm but we don't believe in magic. If we just trusted, I have this crazy idea. My friend Ian LaPatton started Spiritual Gangster, one of my favorite brands. He was a lawyer, he was miserable. He found himself doing a lot of yoga because he was so miserable as a lawyer. Next thing he knows, he goes to visit his parents in Phoenix and he's like, there's no yoga studios in Phoenix? Like, come on, I'm from LA. You guys need to get with the program. So he's like, you need a yoga studio. And he decides he's going to open a yoga studio and leave law and go to Phoenix. And one day he puts on hip hop in his yoga class. And one of his students says, you're a spiritual gangster. And he goes, that is the coolest combo of words. I love that. And he's like, and I wasn't even going to play the hip hop because I thought people might not like it, but it was was just a crazy idea. He then printed spiritual gangster, those two words on 10 blanks, put them in the store window. They were sold out, did it again, sold out wound up walking into Bloomingdale's and Neiman Marcus. And they were like, we'll take 3000. And it's now $50 million a year. Like yeah, everybody wears spiritual gangster and it's not a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. It's a movement. Mm-hmm. It's a story. It's a world. You buy into the world. You put on that shirt every morning and you're like, this is my mission for the day. Like step into the flow. What he did, did he know that was coming? No. But he had this weird idea to start this yoga studio. And then he had this other weird idea to start playing hip hop in a yoga class. And then it's a tennis match with the universe. And boom, this guy says spiritual gangster. And he's like, what if I put on a t-shirt? What if, what if? Start coming. We spent so much of our life being pulled out of ourself and being who other people want us to be that we've stopped listening to those crazy, in air quotes, crazy ideas. And they're just so not, look what you've done from a dance studio. <laughs> right. It's, I know. I say no more. But, and I, and I think what you're saying here is too, is the doing, the messy doing, the trying, the ups, the downs, that is the river, that is the journey that ends up, I mean, did I think I was going to be doing this? No. And trust me, there was a lot of self-doubt. Like, who am I to teach other business owners? I only have a dance studio, right? Like I have this little little dance studio in this little town. Like, who am I to do this? Or who am I to share? That came up for me, but I had to say, okay, I'm going to silence that and I'm going to do it anyway. And that was uncomfortable. I mean, I was nervous to tell my friends, to tell my parents, to tell, but what's funny is nobody was surprised. I was thinking they were going to be surprised, but nobody else was surprised. No. And it's crazy what we do to ourselves. Because it just was so. Mm-hmm. And the thing is what I, I find a lot of people have imposter syndrome. Of course, we all have it, including myself. And whenever that comes up and whenever I see it in other people, I check myself and I, I understand now it's false humility. It's false humility because we look separate. We look totally separate. It looks as though you and I have nothing to do with the women right now who are sitting in Africa, wishing they had clean water. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not true at all. We are literally interconnected, one collective. When one person steps up and into their power and potential, they create more abundance for other people. When one person raises their vibration and is happier, they create more well-being for the people around them. So if we're really an ocean, 
you can't separate this wave from that wave. It all permeates into this body, which is the beating heart of, of humanity. So to say, I'm going to dim my light or I'm going to keep myself small because that wouldn't be right. Or who am I to do it? Okay. So that's the extent to which you want the collective to rise more. Look how many people you've inspired and hired and how many things you can underwrite now on every level, energetically. Look what you're doing for your kids, seeing their mom, Midwestern girl doing it. Yeah. And if you were to dim that down, it's like, it's the opposite. It blocks the flow of abundance to flow through you and up and out. When Barbara Corcoran was on my show, she's like, it's like money. It, it's meant to be spent. You don't hold on to money. As soon as you have it, put it back in your business, put it back in the world, put it back in the market. Yes, right? Same thing with your energy. You don't eat so that you can go sit and watch Netflix so that you can go live on your own in an island and make yourself happy. You eat so you have energy to be a better mom, to be a better friend. You watch a show so you have a little self-care. So the next day when you get up to your work, you're better at your work. We're always feeding ourselves for the purpose of giving it away. Whatever we have is meant to be given away. So this idea of who am I to do this? Who are you not to do it? And if you're listening to this podcast right now and you have Wi-Fi and you have running water and there are people who are 13,000 steps from even having the honor of having this, this, and we're not going to metabolize it, how are they ever going to be where they need to be? They're, they're hoping that we're going to get it together, right? On every level. Ah. Uh. Kathy, so good. So good. Okay. So I want to ask you how running this business, having this amazing podcast, how do you stay balanced? How do you stay fulfilled? How do you stay living in that purpose when you might be like, how do you get shiny object? Do you get pulled a little bit or thinking, okay, maybe I should head there. And what do you do when you have to do like that little check of, wait, this might not feel right. Does that make sense? Oh my God, totally. And I do this all the time. And you and I had a conversation about it at the end of the year, you know, at the end of the year, I had a conversation, um, with a friend of mine. And he said, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And I was like, Ryan holiday said that to me. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And we think that it's so good to be busy, right? Do this, do this, add this. How about simplify to amplify? How about peel it back? I heard Marie Forleo say, she's like, I made a list of everything I was doing five years ago. And it was like live event, membership, B-school, mastermind. And I just drew a line through everything that wasn't a full body yes and circled B-school. And this is like five, six years ago. And she's like, and I just went all in. And that was for her. That's what made sense for her. I, you don't know this, but not only did I say no to a lot of things I was going to do in my life, I also, I had a mastermind we had 65 people in it. Okay. I Christmas Eve said to my team, we were already like six weeks into it. People okay. had already paid. We're talking half a million dollars paid in. Right. My dad was just diagnosed with leukemia. I knew he officially came out December 28th. He started chemo, but we already knew going to Christmas that he was sick. My husband's dealing with a very sick family member. So he's been away. I've been single parenting for nine weeks wow. and that had already started. And I said, I'm out. And I went live Christmas Eve in front of my mastermind. I'm talking 
half a million dollars already in the bank. Yeah. I said, I love you and I'm not doing this and everyone is going to be refunded and we're moving forward and please give me the grace that I need to be where I need to be. And whatever extra bandwidth I have needs to be focused right now on a few yeah. other things. And some people squawked and some people didn't, but why did I do that mastermind Stacy? Because I had heard people say, Oh my God, you're doing this. What's the next thing you give? Yeah, What's yeah. the next thing you do? You know, you always get more from your current customer. So do this, do this. I have been depleting myself for 10 years depleting myself. I look back at my kids are four, seven, and nine. And I'm like, I miss so much time now. Was it worth it? Yeah. I made $10 million last year. That's amazing. I grew up in an apartment with a single mother. Most of my life. That's awesome. It's awesome that my husband has retired. His father dropped dead when he was 13 and they were on welfare. How cool that he now gets to have time that he didn't have. It's all great, except it comes at a cost. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to say, and you know what wound up happening is usually my launches for me to do this were like just under 2 million. What happened? It, we added over a million dollars in revenue to the right. thing I'm already doing. Yeah, yeah. Because energetically, that's how it goes. Of course, that's what happened. And I used to be so much more high touch in the program, which actually wasn't good for the students or for me because it made them feel like they needed me. Like I was the yes. blue. There is so little of that sort of like one-to-one -one feedback and it's better. It's just amazing how we just need to step back sometime and, mm -hmm. and trust that like, we don't always create more from doing more, from hustling more, from grinding more. It's sometimes about deepening mm -hmm. really like our vibration and getting into center and trusting that that will lead us to, to greater possibilities than we could ever imagine. And sometimes doing less is more. It just depends. You have to trust yourself, I guess, mm -hmm. is the bottom line. Well, and I appreciate you sharing this story about your mastermind because I love that you're just saying like it already started. Some people weren't happy, but you still had oh to God. do it because it was the right move for you. And being at this level, you have to get good at making hard decisions. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is like that. I'm sure that that was something back and forth. You're like, oh, oh my God, God, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to tell my team? How am I going to tell the mastermind? What are they going to say? What are they going to think? But then you have to just go through that uncomfortableness and get it done. And then hearing where you're at now, it sounds like it was the decision that needed to be made. Oh, absolutely. Oh, not to mention it's COVID and my mom got COVID. She's okay now, but I didn't even have help Stacy. Like, of course. And, and the fact that I even considered not cutting out all of those things. And I have three children who can feel how little energy I had left for them. Yeah. I can't even, that goes, it's trauma. Honestly, when, when you've been a kid who's experienced trauma, your tolerance for discomfort is really high. And I'm also a people pleaser. That's how I survive my, you know, my parents' stuff. I think that we become people pleasers because we start out as parent pleasers and we get to be Harold in the purple crayon. We get to take out that magic marker and look at this world, like this blank canvas and say, I get to design my life. What's it going to look like? Mm. And I think about people like Byron Katie, who created the work, which is literally four questions. That's all she does. 
she just keeps going back to those four questions or like Eckhart Tolle. He's like, let's talk about being in the now. And they're like, well, what else do you teach? What's next? How do you get people from here to here? No, no, this is what I do, but I really do it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, so I am obsessed with helping people step into their greatness. And I do love helping people start a business. And so I'm going to keep doing what I do better as opposed to trying to add 15 more things to my plate. Yeah, I love it. Kathy, I knew this was going to be good, but you (laughs) just blew my mind. I'm going to re-listen to this as like just a listener. I'm not kidding. I'm going to listen to it as somebody who's just listening and getting to really zone into this because this was so good. Where can people go find you and be a part of your super fans? Because you know, you've just got a ton. So where can they find you online, the podcast, anywhere? Oh my gosh, you are so welcome. And let me just say every part of you, the broken parts, the parts that you're worried nobody wants to see, everything. You come here, this is where you're welcome. So I'm on Instagram every day. You'll know it's me. You can tell the way I post. It's me posting (laughs) at kathy.heller. Uh, the podcast is called Don't Keep Your Day Job. We just started doing an episode every day. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, we I started did not in January. Know that. Wow. Okay, I'm. I mean, they're little bites, Stacey. They're little but bites. Still, I mean, that's but it's like, cool. That's a big task for a. Podcast it's a big or... task, but two a week are like full hour episodes, and then like the other three days are like 10, 15 minute like nuggets right of size. things I want people to get, and that's it. Podcast and Instagram and yeah, when you. When you show up in my world and you join my list, you get like, I don't know, we have a lot of good like content. We have a quiz that we give people to help them figure out whether they should be a maker, a teacher, a curator or whatever. Okay. But Stacy, they're here. And I'm going to tell you something not to patronize you because you're too cool. I wouldn't patronize you. I saw you a few years ago online and your energy, I was like, she's a sniper. Like, <laughs> spitfire. I was like, no wonder it was like the most authentic girl from the most authentic world of like the Midwest. And it was just like, this is what you do. And I'm like, generous and brilliant. She's going to be so successful. And so it was. So I knew this about you before you even knew who I was. And I was so excited when you came in and people just hang on your every word. And so they should. And I'd love to do more stuff with you, honestly. Oh my goodness, me too. We are now BFFs, which is exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> Kathy, I love this so much. You guys go check out the podcast. Even if you're like, I don't have a day job. I'm, I'm doing this. I already know what I want to do. You will soak up so much goodness from Kathy. I promise you that. So thank Kathy, you so thank you so much for thank being here. Thank you so this much. so fun. If you're loving the Foot Traffic Podcast, I want to invite you to check out our Mastermind Info Session. We have three different levels of masterminds here at Foot Traffic for those just getting started all the way up to multi-million dollar businesses. From those with brick and mortar businesses to those with online. You can go to stacytushel.com forward slash info session and catch the replay where I share what each program entails. You'll also hear how you can get a free coaching call with one of our certified foot traffic coaches. Again, go to stacytushel.com forward slash info session.